Psalm 24, 1-6. The earth is the Lord's and all that's in it, the world and those who live in it. For he has founded it on the seas and established it on the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? Those who have clean hands and pure hearts, who, those, who do not lift up their souls to what is false and do not swear despitefully. They will receive blessings from the Lord and vindication from the God of their salvation. Such is the company of those who seek him, who seek the God of Jacob. The word of God for the people of God. For our sermon time today, I thought we thought it would be fun on um, our Children and Youth Sunday to hear from some people who have worked with children and youth or who currently work with children and youth. And so we have a few questions that some of our children are going to ask, and um, that will introduce these people, and they'll tell you a little bit more. Tell us your name and in what capacity you work with slash worked with kids. I'm Kristen Welsh, also known as Miss Kiki, and I work here in the preschool. I am Matt Salis, and I am the fire starter. (laughs) (laughs) Although I blew it this week. I got into the children's songs, and I forgot to send them. <laughs> Only Denise turned around and looked at me. Very embarrassing. Sorry. Tough act to follow. <laughs> so my name's Tony, and I worked as a school psychologist for 25 years. And my main job was to help kids, to help kids with learning issues, and to help kids who weren't getting along with their teacher too well. So basically, I was a helper in the school. Hi, and my name's Cheryl, and I worked with kids in several different capacities. I started off working in juvenile court where kids with kids who'd made maybe bad choices and were in trouble with the law. And I worked in the mental health system with kids who were having mental health struggles, sad, depressed, mad, maybe some of Tony's people. Um, and I worked in foster care and worked with a lot of kids who were in the foster care system. And then I worked with kids that were in the adoption process. So I worked in, with kids in lots of different capacities, but all kids who were needing a little help somewhere down the line. Tell us a favorite story about working with kids. So over the past few weeks, I work with the three-year-olds this year, and we've been working on putting our jackets on and zipping up our backpacks, and I have a child right now who keeps saying, I can't do it, I can't do it. So I keep saying, well, let's say we can try to do it. And successfully, he was able to zip up his jacket and his backpack this week, so that's a big win. Yay. I noticed you're Jacket's open. How you doing? I got buttons. Um, so I've got this great story. I went on a youth mission trip with the kids about, what was that, six years ago, five years ago, something like that? Jimbo was there. He remembers. Um, and one of the kids on our trip was Brewer Couch. I'm so glad to see that Amy is here with us today because Brewer was on the young end of the kids going on the mission trip. And I, if I remember correctly, before we left, Amy said, would you keep an eye on him? I cannot believe I'm letting Brewer go. He is so young. 
Of course, as soon as we got there, we went to a Native American reservation in South Dakota. As soon as we got there, Jimbo got Brewer on the circular saw right away. Um, <laughs> wanted to make him feel included with the older kids. Um, but we had donations of food that were given to us to take on this trip. And one of the donations was the biggest box you've ever seen of Frito-Lay products. So the kids were really into the little individual bags of Frito-Lay products. And at one point toward the end of the week, I was working, I was, as Amy asked me to, I was keeping a close eye on Brewer. And so he and I were working on a fence post. We were down getting ready to pour concrete. And so we were down really close to each other like this in the hole. And um, I said, Brewer, did you, did you just burp? And he said, no, I just smell like this now. And the smell of corn chips was coming off of his body as we sweated in the hot sun. And I will never forget Brewer and the uh, Frito-Lay products. It was pretty great. That is a unique story, yeah. Matt. <laughs> so one of my stories reminds me of a parable in the Bible, and that's Jesus looking for um, the lost sheep. I think you all remember that story. It's a beautiful, even though he has a hundred sheep, but he loses one. He goes out to look for him, right? And finds that sheep. Well, that kind of happened to me on a field trip. <laughs> I took 12 fifth graders down to the state capitol, and of course I managed to lose one. But just like Jesus in the Bible, we looked all over. There's a lot of floors to that state capitol, and we were able to find the lost sheep. Okay, now you all are worried about sending your children off with people, adults? Okay. Um, well, my favorite story comes from really the foster care system when I was working with kids in foster care. And um, I have two children I adopted out of South Korea. And anyway, so this teenager came to me through the foster care system. Uh, was in a foster home, and she was from South Korea. And she had the same birthday as both of our girls, which was kind of weird. Um, anyway, I got to know Erin, and I've asked her for permission, and she told me I could tell some of her story because it's really her story. Anyway, er so Erin had been given up by her mom and dad when she was a baby because they couldn't take care of her in South Korea. So she had that one big loss, that, and she went to an orphanage, and she was in an orphanage in Korea for five years. And then the orphanage decided that she was, that her parents weren't gonna come back for her, so they made her available for adoption. And she came to a family that lived up in Grand Lake. And it wasn't really a very good fit. Sometimes that happens with kids and parents. And her parents just didn't understand her very well, I think. And so when she was a teenager, they said, we can't really deal with her. We don't really want her. And they gave her up again. So that's, she was given up by her, her birth family. She's given up by her foster family. And, but she hung in there. And she decided as she grew uh, out of foster care that she would take advantage of the system. She didn't give up. She went to college, because if you're in foster care, the system will help you make it through college, and that's a really good thing. 
and she went to college. And throughout her college life, she kept in touch with us because, well, we had these other kids from Korea, and she got to go to camp with us and do some Korean things. And anyway, she kind of adopted us. And so my favorite story is that she's now part of our family, and I think she feels like she's in the right place, and she's got a great job, and she's married, and she's really living a really good life. And that's my favorite story because she had so many times she could have said, this is not fair, and I'm mad, and I'm just not going to play this game anymore. I'm going to give up, and she never did. That's a pretty good story, huh? What is your biggest lesson you've learned from your work? Patience and communication. <laughs> I mean, there's so much. I don't even know where to start. That's good. Um, I have learned that, especially with the younger kids, if I bribe them by promising to show them the pictures, they will sit quietly while I read them a book. I have learned that as they get older, if I promise to hand them a stick with a flame at the end of it, they'll do almost anything I ask them to do. Um, I have learned uh, that if I ask them questions about themselves, they'll tell me anything I want to know because they are happy to talk about themselves. And I say that kind of in jest, but I think it's also really, really important because um, I, I, you know, I used to, as a parent and just as an adult, I used to think that part of our job was to toughen our kids up and make them ready for the world and discipline and um, accountability. And while I think accountability and responsibility and discipline, those are all important, I think the world's tough enough. And I think it's our job to love on these kids and give them a safe place. So hopefully their home life, hopefully, is a safe place. And then hopefully the church can be another safe place. And so when we encourage them to talk about themselves, um, that builds their self-esteem, which is the only defense we have really out in the big bad world about all the things that we're gonna encounter. And so uh, when I say that I've learned that if I ask them questions about themselves, they'll tell me anything I wanna hear, um, I think that's not just a joke. I think that's really, really important to give them a place to express themselves and talk about themselves and share their identities. You know, everything from what foods they like and what foods they don't like and what sports they like and what sports they don't like. But also like when we, when we read stories, kind of breaking it down a little bit and um, uh, giving them a chance to relate to each other and to the stories that we're sharing. So um, I think uh, one of the things I've learned the most from the kids is that vulnerability and innocence of youth and trying to keep that alive as long as we can. Thank you very much. So the thing that I've learned, I think, is um, to be a better listener. Um, I've heard a lot of wild stories over the years. Uh, probably the saddest one is the boy who uh, got evicted on Christmas Eve. That's a rough one. You get evicted on Christmas Eve. 
So I've tried to develop my listening skills, which goes along with being patient. Okay, I brought a prop. Do y'all know what this is? Seen one of these kids? Yeah, would you like one? You want one? Come here, let's see. I'm not very good at throwing. Oh, that wasn't bad. Maybe, I've got some more. Do you other guys want some? Maybe, maybe our helpers can help me with one. Okay. Oh, look, I almost made it. How about Preston? Whoop. All right. Where we got? Where's Henry? There's Henry. Oh, look at that. Woohoo! She scores. Okay. So, my little bag here. Okay, so the thing I think about these is that they're like you can pull on them, you can squeeze on them, you can step on them. They are, they're like indestructible almost. Not quite, but almost. They, this strength, the tenacity. I like that word tenacity. Um, this reminds me of kids. And like my friend, Aaron, my kid Erin, this kiddo that went through so much, and she could have been broken at any time, but she had like super strength that you could pull her and push her. And that's what I've learned from kids is you are remarkably resilient. Do you know that word resilient? Yeah, you know that word? Yeah, means you kind of can bounce back to that shape, that even when you get pushed on and pulled on and tugged on, that you have a remarkable ability to tough it out. Boy, maybe it's soccer that you get knocked down by some kid or you fall on your bike. And I've seen kids that get their knees all scraped up and yet they get back on that bike and they keep going. Well, that's resilience. And I'm always impressed with how resilient kids can be. So keep your little balls and keep being resilient. What is the main thing you hope kids learn from you? Well, <clears throat> I hope that children learn to be patient and kind and trust in themselves. I want to be able to, to give them a platform to make mistakes and to be able to get back up and try again. When I was a kid and we attended church, I uh, thought of church as a place to go to hear stories that happened a couple thousand years ago that I had no way of relating to. And once a month, I got a little piece of bread and some juice, and that was kind of it. That was my relationship with church. And so one of the things that I try to do and one of the reasons that I try to emphasize community and missions work and um, just being comfortable in this setting is because I want the kids, I, th I think we'll, we all reach an age or a, a period in our spiritual development where we might fall away from the Bible stories, and they might seem less important to us, and so there has to be something else to connect us to the church. And so I want the kids to think of this as a place where they had a bunch of friendships, and they got to do a bunch of cool activities, 
you know, things like the fall festival that we do, um, uh, mission trips that we do with the youth. Uh, so I just want it to be a place that they feel comfortable and enjoy themselves uh, way, way, way more than just learning the Bible stories. And so that's kind of one of my goals. The main thing you want kids that, to learn. Well, uh, the main thing I think, and I think our church does as well, is inclusion. Um, in the Bible, Jesus is frequently referred to as teacher. And I think of him as the great special educator. Um, I worked in special education for 25 years. And so it's very important that we include everyone, not just uh, the rich, but also the poor, the lame, the sick, um, everybody. Um, and so that's our job is inclusion. Okay. Main thing I want kids to learn from me, I don't know, I hope this idea of being really strong and resilient is really important. Um, when I was thinking about this question, you know how Sandy's always singing songs at church? I'm not going to sing, trust me. I'm not going to sing. But does anybody, do you all know the movie The King and I? Only us old people, right, know The King and I? When I was a little kid, when I was your age, I, I loved musicals, and I saw that movie. And there's a song in there that says, Whenever I feel afraid, I hold my head up high and whistle a happy tune and no one ever knows I'm afraid. When shivering in my shoes, I strike a careless pose and whistle a happy tune, and no one ever knows I'm afraid. And I know when I was a little kid, sometimes I did that. Stand up really big and think, I can make it through this, I can make it through this, and I would just be brave. And when I acted brave, then it made me feel brave. And that is a thing I hope you guys can learn, that. If I just take a deep breath and act really brave, I can do it. I can make it through, and I can be resilient, and I can, I can do what I need to do. Let's give a thank you to our panelists. And how about a, a special thank you also to our interviewers. So we had Lexi and Henry and Preston and Marianne. Yay. Good job, everyone. And Tony and Matt and Cheryl and Kiki, thank you for sharing your stories and your experiences and your hearts with us. <laughs>